This is Capital City with Capital J. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Capital City. I'm your host, Capital J. We got my main man. It's DL Glass. No doubt. Today or tonight or whatever you listen, I don't care when you listen. It could be this morning. This right. morning, <laughs> as you sit on the stool, what we're going to talk about is, well, today's topic is gang culture and the influence on hip-hop. Mm. We're just going to talk about it a little bit. That's an interesting one. Right. Now, we all know hip-hop started in the South Bronx. And back in the late 70s, early 80s, the South Bronx was full of gangs. Man, it was um, the hood. Oh, man, it was the hood like no hood you... Like, the hood today is not anything like the South Bronx was hmm. in the late 70s, right. early 80s. Right. Like, you you know, you see pictures of it. Buildings burned out. Um, debris. You know, like a building crumbled and demolished, but nobody cleaned the lot. Drugs. You see what I'm saying? Oh, man, just... Yeah, and this is... We talking about 70s, early 80s. These, these gangs not selling crack. Hmm. Right. Had that heroin ruling the streets. So we're gonna go back. Let's start around the same time that hip hop was beginning. There was a movie that came out called The Warriors. Nineteen seventy nine was a good year. Nineteen seventy nine. Now, if you look at the influence that movie had on hip hop culture from its earliest foundations. Or not necessarily the influence the movie had. I'm sure the movie was influenced by real life, what was going on. Mm-hmm. So look at Grandmaster Flash. Hmm. Look at the characters in The Warriors. Right, right. I read an in-depth article about filming the movie. There were several times that, you know, they were in the South Bronx trying to film and real gangs right. were out there, you know, harassing them. Mm-hmm. Because even though the movie is fictionally a fictional gang called the Warriors, mm-hmm. they're out here in gang territory with gang stuff with on. gang stuff on. Right. Talking about making a movie, you know. So they found out that this is real when they're filming the movie. Right. And if you look at the way they dress, a lot of that was real. The, the they used the the real look of New York City gang life. Absolutely. And you see it furthered. In the way that Grandmaster Flash appeared in, in uh, Furious Five. Mm-hmm. Look at them. They look like one of the gangs straight out of the Warriors, do they not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Every time I saw them. So it lets you know that, you know, they weren't too far off with the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Now, why would, why would a hip-hop artist want to look like a gang member? And it, it's, it's so funny that because it's no hip hop in the movie. Nope. <laughs> like, but yeah. that but that was the life, right? You recognize the life, even if you don't recognize the music, right? You recognize the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you know when you listen to to the early music in the Bronx, that's what they come out talking about. They're telling you about 
What's going on? Broken glass everywhere. <laughs> Pissing on the stage. You know, they just don't care. Can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to provide. I guess I got no choice. Mm. Rats in the front room. Roaches in the back. back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. Right. He's it's, just telling you what it's like to live here. He's, he's painting that picture. Painting a picture for you. Yeah. Now, back then, you know, a lot of times today when you hear gang, People immediately think Bloods and Crips. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons. Back then, on this side of the country, when I thought gang, didn't think Bloods and Crips. Me either. You know, um, <clears throat> for a lot of us, the first introduction to gang life was the movie The Warriors, or it was your neighborhood. And it wasn't these large organized gangs like you see today. Mm-hmm. Whatever gang that you were familiar with in the late 70s, early 80s probably did not have a chapter on the other side of the country. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Around these parts. Yeah, yet <laughs> these gangs existed all over the place. Right. And they were neighborhood based. Like we're from Tarboro. Princeville, Tarboro area. And even there, like, when we were growing up, there were no Bloods and Crips floating around. No. But, yeah, East Side, Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Do I think that either one of those guys decided to get together and decide to be a gang officially? Probably not. Right. But. And my niggas. Yeah, these are, these are you know. Right. It's just people from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, but when it comes time and, and there's beef going on and you need a crew, well, you get your people from your neighborhood to help you out with the people from the other neighborhood. Right. And that was about the extent of the gang life that we were dealing with back then. Now, where did this get involved? How did the music get tied up with all of this? Well, hmm. a lot of these people making the music back in the day were involved in their own neighborhood gangs. Absolutely. Just that we didn't know who they were. We didn't know enough about their culture to recognize what the, they were saying. What they were saying. The things they were hmm. saying that were shout outs to their own gang. They had their own dog whistles. Right. You know, you mm-hmm. just got to be tuned in. I wasn't aware of any of these dog whistles until somebody explained to me what PSK was. Mm-hmm. Schoolie D. PSK making that green. People always ask me what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I was like, what's that? Right. Come to find out that was Parkside Killers. The gang from Philly. Mm-hmm. So apparently he must have been down with this gang. Hmm. And that wasn't, you know, he wasn't the only one, but that's, you know, it was creeping into, it's been there. Right. You know, since early on. Yeah, it's always been there. Right. Like, Ice-T has never, like, Ice-T's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. And while he's never officially represented, you know, he doesn't walk out and say, I'm blood, I'm crip. But he's often said that he was affiliated. Mm-hmm. And he's been saying that since day one. Right. So, you know, to be affiliated probably means he's from an area mm-hmm. where there were a lot of people heavily involved. He necessarily may not have been as heavily involved as some others, but 
this is where he's from. These are the people he grew up with. This is who he knows. This is who got his back. Mm-hmm. Should something go down. That's how you become affiliated. You can live in a neighborhood and everybody you know join the gang and you don't. But guess what? They're not going to stop being your homies. Right. You're still affiliated. So now you're affiliated. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that, um, it, it's crazy, you know, because you think about it. It's it's like the same, <laughs> like the song, all around the world, same song. Yep. Like, same thing, just more people. Yeah. So. Now, when you get over to, by the time we get over to NWA, now we're starting to hear about Bloods and Crips. Mm-hmm. You know, California raps on the scene. You go back and look at some of them early early videos and you'll see the signs all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't really didn't really mean anything to us back then, but yeah. Once you start learning what to look for, you look at old videos from the late eighties, especially from California, you see gangbangers everywhere. Right. You're looking at it from a new eye now. Yeah, you got you got a new perspective. Right. Now I don't want to go so far as the, you know, with the South Bronx being as big as it was, mm-hmm. you said it's over 100 gangs in the South Bronx, right? At least. At least. At least. Yeah. I'm not going to say the Zulu Nation was a gang gang, like a criminal organization gang. Mm-hmm. But- Because that's a strong you know, term a loose, now. A loose definition right. of the term gang, mm-hmm. you know, this is a gang of dudes, a group mm-hmm. of people- with the common goal that happened to come from a, from from an area that is underserved and underprivileged, mm-hmm. so they look like a gang, right? Even if they're not, right? By you know, in the criminal sense of the word. Mm-hmm. But these guys got musicians in the crew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So is this is this the first gang to infiltrate hip hop? That's a good one. Hmm. And when I say gang, like I said, I don't want anybody to get offended. Like, we're not a gang. I'm not saying you're a gang, like on the, on the blood and crypts. That's a, that's a strong term. Yeah, we're just taking it, yeah, we're just taking yeah. it back to the beginning, though. You're talking about a place that is known for so many gangs. Right. And to have. And during that time, man. Yeah, and like I said, it wasn't just the South Bronx. Everybody had them. Yeah. You know, think about Chicago. Chicago is full of gangs. Right. And if the South Bronx is, you know, Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan and and everybody else is too. Mm-hmm. So we trying to figure out how do things get where they are today. Sure. I, I could think of a couple um, times that it catapulted and you know brought us to where we are today. And by you know some of the rappers and like if I look at a, a rapper like Lil Wayne, and this is just my opinion about a rapper like Lil Wayne. It wasn't until he became out there in your face affiliated that his career just took off. Well, I'm trying to figure out which one is he affiliated with. <laughs> Some people say both <laughs> because it's you gotta go back and look at what what <laughs> point of his career is he in. Because at one point I could swore it was blue and then it was yeah. red. <laughs> Either way, either <laughs> way, you know, I, I think, you know, like you talked about earlier, the lifestyle itself brings um, attention. 
if we look at Dipset, I I don't think, and this is me, I don't think Dipset would have been what it was if it weren't for the affiliation, the gang affiliation. Like, mm, think that helped carry them in New York? Oh, absolutely. You know, mm. and it helped transition New York. I would say that um, the blood affiliation, that was blood affiliation, right? Yes. Up until that point, I don't remember there being any major crib of blood push in the New York area until they came out heavy like that. It, yeah, nobody had um, made it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they would have, I don't know, because, you know, Cal had already had his own success before Dipset. Right. You know, he was already an established artist when Dipset came along. And, um, and even, you know, they, I think before it was Dipset, it was the Taliban. And I don't remember, like, the, you know. But the, the gang affiliation and Dipset actually, you know, I, I think it kind of shaped New York hip-hop uh, during that time, and it had a lasting effect. And I think we still see it now. Well, think about it like this. We talk about how... The early 70s, late 70s, you know, gangs ran New York. Hip-hop is a product of the same environment that created gang life. The same environment that gave you gang life gave you hip-hop. That created gangsters. Yeah, and right. Yes. And, and the crew mentality mm -hmm. that come out of gang life. I want you to think about this for a moment. When Motown and Stax Records were out, mm. all the artists in Motown did not have a name for their crew. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they weren't beefing with other crews. Mm -hmm. But you fast forward and you got the BDP crew and you got the Juice crew. Mm -hmm. And you see early on in the days of hip hop, groups of artists get together <laughs> under a name mm -hmm. and it's almost emulating gang culture within the within the music way back in the mid 80s hmm. you know when when shan and krs had beef that beef went through the whole crew and but but do you do you think that was um the they the, did shante still part <laughs> or, or do you think that was the competitiveness well the competition is there but the gang the gang influence to come in is where you just even naming your crew Okay. You Dang. see what I'm saying? Right, right. Like a group of friends is one thing. Mm-hmm. When you name that group, that's the first step towards becoming a gang. Like when you go from so-and-so and them to the so-and-so. <laughs> right. Right. So, so you start seeing those influences early. Not saying that the Juice Crew is a gang, like a street gang. So y'all, yeah. listen, don't, don't, don't accuse us of calling anybody a gang. We're just saying it looks gangy. Right. Gangish. <laughs> it's, it's just mighty gangish. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, you know, the crew is growing. And when one of them got beef, that beef now goes to everybody else. So that sounds pretty gangish to me. If I'm in a gang and one of our dudes go out here and do something, now everybody got beef. And that's what happened with the Juice Crew. But on the for real, though, you, I want you to think about how, how MC Shan and KRS-One had their own beef. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, 
Because Roxanne Shante is down with Marley Mar, she can get it too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they, they had to gang up in the music. They had to gang up and fight off KRS-One. And when they they started ganging up on him, guess what? Here come D-Nice. Here come Miss Melody. You know what I'm saying? Scott LaRock, rest his soul. You know, they bringing other people into this. And before you know it, like the BDP crew is not just the dudes you hear rapping. So now the Juice crew somewhere and they got beef. Then anybody who follows them and is affiliated with BDP crew mm-hmm. now got beef with the Juice crew. Right. You know? Right. And we saw that extend itself into and grow into this beef where the whole West Coast and whole East Coast. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the very heart of that, though, was Death Row versus Bad Boy. Yes. A nut sound like two more gangs, right? Yeah. Ultimately, what that comes down to, if you read enough about it, Bloods and Crips. Gang life has infiltrated hip hop. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, today we saw the, well, not today actually, but, you know, during this past year and a half, we saw the biggest um, high profile gang affiliate uh, case. We ain't gonna call his name. (laughs) We ain't ain't gonna call his name, but I think that was the biggest one. That was that was almost mob style right there, as far as the, you know, the 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 status that the case got and the people, right? And uh, they didn't even have you know a mob quote unquote. But well, see, that's a case of there's you know when you have a, a gang that has gone national. You know, there's power in that. Like you said, how how far would um, the Dipset movement have gotten without the support of gangsters behind it? Right. Not saying it would not have gone anywhere. I'm just saying, you know, that's a factor. It has to be Absolutely. explored. Right. Um, and, and to, you know, even connected to the recent case, some of the people that was associated with them at the height and stuff was associated with this one when they were, you know, Right. And and what it turns into when you see that that by being involved or affiliated with this gang gets you a whole network of fans. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now Everybody. that explains why a hip hop artist would want to be connected to a gang. Scarface said, you need a guy like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> It gives you an instant audience. Instant. Instant audience. Right. Because I remember the first time I saw 6 9 I was like, yo, this music not that great. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he had that support behind him, and you could see it. Yeah, like they told the whole story. That That's how he got to the to that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you look at, um, what's the other boy name from Cali? Oh, um, Blueface. You know, mm-hmm. same thing. You know, game. support. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I I haven't heard that hot track from him. Where I was like, oh, okay, now I see. Right. You know, nah. Yeah. But throwing out all that, you know, YG. Yeah. Got yeah. that support behind them. Yeah. You know, once these guys get to a certain point, they're not even thinking about the beef aspect. The gang, the gang life. Yes, that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. But once they get deep into this music and they're artistic, 
they're not worried about beefing. Like Snoop, Snoop is a crip. And he's signed to a label owned by blood. You think, you know, he ain't the the Listen. The, the the beef part of it is is outweighed by the business aspect. Absolutely. So uh-huh. Nipsey Hussle and YG, they making music together. And the rest of these dudes beef. And like, man, it's money out here to be made. Mm-hmm. And and you'll be thinking at home that Bloods and Crips, if they see each other, it's on on site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let it be some money involved. Right. Brother drop that stuff, man. They ain't thinking about that. Mm. You know? If it was as real as a lot of people think it is, you think that Snoop would have ever signed with Shug? Hmm. Tell me about it. You think YG and Nipsey would ever been friends? No, dudes grew up. Right. People joined games when like 13, 14 years old. Early. Right. Then you grow up and it's like, yo, I've been beefing with this dude. All right, he's a cool cat. (laughs) <laughs> he can rap too, just like me. Right. So if you're blessed enough to live through the foolishness and get to the other side when you mature, you realize you wasted a whole lot of time not liking somebody for nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> but, that, but that goes back to the organization part of it because it's a lot of politics behind why there is a, you know, I guess a truce and they can get money together because that's the common goal on both sides. And like we talked about before, you know, most of the, the street stuff has dried up. Violence is bad for business. Absolutely. Um, you know, you you talk about um, the glory days of hip hop. It probably culminated in the beef between Pop and Biggie. And then that might have been the beginning of the end. This is Capital City with Capital J. Hmm. You know? Think so. It could have been. I mean, you know, we talked about other factors like the economy changing and all of this stuff. But when you really think about hip hop lost its innocence at that point, not saying it was innocent as a child is, but, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, like hip hop was the language of the country during that time. Mm-hmm. Like when a, when an advertiser wanted to sell something, they used hip hop to sell it. Um Hip hop stations were the number one stations in in a whole lot of cities. Cause it's just the the language that the country spoke at that time. Everybody was into hip hop. You know what I'm saying? The artists were coming out, and they were big, the white people and black people. So if you talk to a person who's 40 years old today, they know the hip hop music from the from when they were teenagers. Because that's what everybody was listening to. It wasn't just right black people. It was the language of the land, and that was the connection. That big that beef between Tupac and Biggie made it turn a lot of people off. It, it made Tommy realize, like, hold up, these guys really do this. Right. It's it's not a fantasy anymore, and and it's not safe anymore. Right. Like, even when a guy's talking about it, you go to the concert, you have fun, you go home. Mm-hmm. When you see even the artists dying behind this stuff, right. it made a lot, it turned a lot of America, mm-hmm. you know, and, the and, language of America isn't hip hop today. The language of America is is back to pop music, right? Because they adopted the hip hop sound and took the violence out of it. So pop music, take the words off of it. Listen to the beats. It's hip hop beats minus the violent lyrics, violent content, because that was that was too much for the rest of America. Yes. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, so that that could have been the 
the thing that that broke broke America's love affair with hip hop, watching its two biggest stars beef with each other. And it, and I'm not saying nothing happened after that because after that, Ja Rule, Fifty Cent rose to the top. But um, the whole like so you're just gonna disrespect Jay Z like that? Oh, oh Jay Z was the man too. Oh, I'm just okay. thinking about on. I'm I'm thinking about a strictly commercial aspect the you know i'm thinking about those people that were reached that normally oh yeah hell yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. thinking about how big ja rule and 50 like jay-z was huge too popped out yeah yeah, yeah these and dmx yeah mm-hmm. during that time and what happened yeah. they beefing too right just like gangs all over again yeah but you we know? fell back in love with it because we, the the world laughed at Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, you know what <laughs> I'm saying. Of Fifty said, right, right. But yeah, but Fifty was able to. He also knew. He figured out that you know he couldn't just talk about killing all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And America was back in love with hip hop. Right. You know, twenty one questions <laughs> in the all about us. You know, <laughs> go go. It's your birthday. You see what I'm saying? It's, right. it's not gangster. It wasn't all gangster music. He put out the gangster music, got his foot in the door with everybody, mm-hmm. and then he reached everybody else, not with gangster music. Right. But with pop music. Absolutely. But he moved Ja Rule out the way. Whew. He was like, oh, man, this dude be singing on everything. And as soon as he got him out the way, he sang on everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. So, yeah, the... There's a there's a gang mentality within hip hop. Take out the other crew, right? You know if they if we compete for the same turf, and instead of eating together, the gang mentality is I can't have it all if they got part of it, and we want it all. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you see. That's what you saw in in every almost every hip hop beef. You know, Fifty's like Jaru got a portion of this audience. Mm-hmm. I got a portion of this audience. We could share it, but I want it all. Right. So he has to go. His crew got to go. Everything associated with him got to get off this block so that I can run it. So he started a campaign. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do a drive-by, but, yeah, he sent a whole lot of shots. <laughs> and and know, guess what? There's some street politics behind that, too. And when they came <laughs> back with a crew, he got a crew. Mm-hmm. G unit. Right. So not a gang, but eh, it's real gangy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was mighty gangy of you 50. <laughs> well. We're so used to the gang lifestyle and gang references that today everybody's kind of affiliated with some type of gang style group. You know, guys, guys gang up now. You know what I'm saying? Um when you hear all these letters in front of dudes' names, it'd be four and five dudes with the same group of letters. Yeah, so yeah, so it's out there. You yeah. know, dudes dudes still ganging up. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, Fat Joe made a reference that everybody was crib walking. And then look at artists like and then let me go on record and say, I think this guy is one of the greatest. He might be number three or four with Mike and Prince being one and two on my list as far as entertainers, songwriters. And that is Mr. Chris Brown. 
<laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say R. Kelly for a little while. No, he number three. <laughs> or four. I don't know. It depends on how much longer Chris Brown go. But Chris Brown, you know, all of a sudden had gang affiliation. And Chris Brown from what role VA, you know. Right. So as far as I know, he won a, a blood in VA. He was a soldier boy from Atlanta. Went to L.A. That's where he got his gang affiliation from. There's some protection yeah. in having in having a gang affiliation behind you when you're traveling all over the country. And well, I would I would think about the you know that spark that you need you know to grab that audience, and that's probably why they became affiliated. I'm wondering. I don't know if Chris Brown needed to be affiliated with anybody. That's my point. <laughs> like uh, why? But I'm pretty sure. Like here's here's the thing that um that you got to remember about a guy like a Chris Brown. You don't know much about Chris Brown other than he's been he's been in the public all this time, but you really don't know who he is before this. Chris Brown could have come from the hardest part of Virginia, or he could been rich, but he didn't get to live his normal teenage years. Right. Singing that music that he's singing, there's a group of people that in our community, we all want to be thought highly of by everybody in our community. Absolutely. As a singer, I'm just speculating uh-huh. that maybe there was a void, a part of the street life that he got, that he missed out on. Mm-hmm. While he was singing and dancing as a teenager, then he grows up. He got all this money. He knows all the rappers. Mm-hmm. He got all the girls. But what's missing? He never had a chance to earn street credibility because mm-hmm. he was singing and dancing all through his teenage years. Right. Right. So what do you do? Beat us, up and join the gang. <laughs> No, I'm oh just my God. I know, I know. That was a that was a cold way to say it. I, His I'm, views they're not directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had um I did a another podcast and um the, the topic of the conversation was is street cred worth it? So Yes. Everybody, hold on. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Everybody Damn in the right room it is. is four other people in the room. And everybody said, hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no. I said, well, yes. And I said, because it depends on who you asking that question. This is, hey man, street credibility in this game. For a long time, it was everything. Oh man, let's get into street credibility. It's it's still everything. That's a good one. It's not everything. I remember when I found out it wasn't everything anymore. And this is how I knew. When I saw a picture of Rick Ross, Rick Ross dressed up in his CO uniform and his career didn't end. Then I knew that the days of street credibility being everything were over. I, I, the audience I think, today don't give it a shit. I, I think that's I, I think he's rare. And you know why I think he's rare? I'm, I'm going to give you two reasons why. The mm-hmm. first one, he never stopped putting out that motherfucking music. 
Mm-hmm. Rick Ross was making great fucking music. 50 Cent knew he couldn't do nothing with that fat black I'm from Florida. <laughs> nothing. Nothing was going to stop that train right there. Two. I, I was totally shocked that that didn't stop, man. Like the, I wasn't. The, the kind of stories that Rick Ross was telling, like he was spitting like he lived every bit of it. And I'm like, yo, Man. There's no way this is not going to end this guy. Every time I got in my car, I turned on Rick Ross and I felt like I was driving the newest Bentley. But see, the problem The problem <laughs> is, though, there was a time I've seen that in people's careers. Like uh, Prime example, your boy you just talked about. Who's that? 6'9". Ja- 6'9". Six, nine. Six, nine. out of here. Right. It ended his career. But even before that, like before the Rick Ross incident, there was a girl called a Boss. She had a song, mm-hmm. Deeper. Yeah, you remember she boss? was she was dope, man. She could spit. She was dope. She yeah. was dope. And she, when she came out, she had an aura about her, and everybody, you know, she just had this presence that you felt was the darkest, most street presence you ever felt from mm-hmm. a chick. Mm-hmm. And then um, she was the brat on steroids, right? And then I think it was, um, man, I I want to say it was C. Dolores Tucker. Used her as an example. Don't don't quote me. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. it, I think it was her. Used her as an example because she had a, a campaign going against hip hop at the time. You know, she was, you know, mad with Tupac and Two Live Crew, and you know, she didn't like the way that it was going and the influence it was having on the people. I kind of understood okay. what she was going from coming from, but she was going real hard, and she became an enemy of hip hop at the moment. For okay, a moment. it's a black lady. Okay, and um. <clears throat> I think if memory serves me correct, she used the boss as an example of somebody who faked being street to make it in the industry. And she exposed her as having come from a private school and making good grades, never been in any trouble. And now look at her. She's the boss. And that ended the boss career just like that. Wow. It was over. Okay, was she making that good music? Yes. I mean, she was, I'm I'm telling you, man, at the time, (laughs) she was, you know, she didn't get the chance to become what she was going to become. But you you know, you know what kind of, you know it when you see it. Right, but she she was it. You know what I'm saying? She was got a lot of timeless music, man. Hmm? Rick Ross got a lot of timeless music from yeah, that yeah, time. yeah. Rick yeah. Ross he'd already developed a catalog that would be hard to stop, mm-hmm. but but I'm telling you, man, I've seen like when people find out you're not real back in the day. Right, that that meant something. Mm-hmm. Today it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the yeah. the best way I could put it. it. Doesn't mean what it used to mean. You you absolutely right. I mean, and not just in the music, but in life in general. You know, it, it don't mean the same thing, right? You don't you don't expect as much out of your out of the out of your idols as you used to. No, there was a time when a scandal would destroy somebody, and now the, the president is having sex with porn stars while his wife is at home. I mean, you know, and nobody really cares. But people we, people care when Bill Clinton got a but now right. you don't care anymore. Things things are changing. Technology. Like used to used to care. You wanted people to hold. A certain set of values. Like you said, the innocence is gone. Yeah, it's and gone, that, man. Nobody cares. 
The internet you know? has done it. Everybody is just like everybody. Everybody, ordinary people, and they just got their time. Right. You know, so, and the sad part about it is, it, it seems like almost everybody feels that way. Whether people verbalize it or not, people just feel that way. And I think that, um, but I think what's, what's standing the test of time through all of it is music. You know what I mean? And hip hop, like if you look at the the hip hop that we um, hold high on uh, the golden era of hip hop, like other than beat selections, it's the same music that these younger boys are making. They're just doing it in a different way. Right. The subject matter for, you know, a large part of it is the same. It's the same stuff that we used to listen to. It's just done in a different way, in a in a younger version of it. Right. And um, so, you know, and, and that's why I said when we were listening to uh, CNN earlier, and I said, I, I think that's one of the groups that helped pave the way for a lot of the Southern music that we hear now. And the reason why I said that, I said, because if you listen to their flows, Nori specifically, if you listen to his flow and his cadence, Nori could back, somebody could take a Nori track from back then and put it on one of these new, um, newer beats, down south beats, and it'll go perfectly. It probably wouldn't be no adjusting necessary. And, you know, I just, it's a lot of correlations, I think. And but the the part of that that kept going was the gangster part too. And because that's the music I'm talking about, like the trap music and stuff like that. Right. Now what do you think would have happened if you found out that Noriega never did none of the stuff he talked about and was really from the Central Park in Manhattan? You know what I'm saying? Got chauffeured to school every day. You know what it, I'm saying? That would have destroyed his career. It would have crushed me as a fan. <laughs> right. Because it meant something then. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it would have crushed me as a fan. Right. <laughs> now, still. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It would have crushed me. Yeah, but but, but yeah. That, that stuff doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Hey, and look, which ties everything back in. Mm-hmm. Street credibility Gangs. Right. It's it's an easy way. These artists, a lot of artists, their gang affiliation is instant street credibility. Mm. Now you don't have to, you know, just the gang affiliation speaks for itself. Right. You don't have to keep right on doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Tupac was out here, you know, shooting at folks and getting in fights and spitting at cameras, you know, maintaining his street cred. <laughs> But now, if he if he had been a a blood the whole time, he wouldn't have had to do all that work. Yeah, yeah, the story would be very different. And and it's so funny you just said that because when I made a reference about Soldier Boy earlier, the 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 shenanigans that he was involved in reminded me a lot of Tupac. That's because he's a dude that made a record. He's known for making up a dance. Mm-hmm. Now he's older. Yeah. You know, he did that when he was a teenager. Yeah. He's an adult. He want people to forget about that and take him seriously. Yeah. Dude's begging to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cats who make bubblegum songs early in their career and want to change stuff, 
You know, look, Lil Bow Wow been struggling to get away from that. He needs some street credibility so bad. <laughs> yeah, he lost out here. <laughs> yeah, he just lost out here. <laughs> and you know what? That is, man, that 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 might that's interesting right there. Think right. about the ones who don't have that that street cred. You know that at, at least the the knowledge of it. Yeah, because you don't get it. Like, like here's the thing: you you when you are that deep in hip hop and you're that young, you're around. Real gangsters, because if you're in hip hop, gangsters are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you don't live their life; you're hearing about their life. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, it's easy to tell the stories because you hear about them all the time. But man, when you you know you get a little bit older and these dudes start trying to live it, ooh wee, they find out that you know it's consequences yeah. and repercussions. Right. So. The street credibility, I would say, in hip hop, the especially the era that I come from, man, is it worth it? it you had to have it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it did just didn't matter. Like you could be really good, but you had to have that street credibility. And that, and if you really want to um, take Eminem, Eminem comes from that era, right? And you look at Eight Mile; that's his story. Mm-hmm. All that was was a story of building street credibility. Right. That's what it takes to build street credibility mm-hmm. with the with the um, disadvantages he started with. Hmm. And I'm saying that being a white dude in a black world because he wasn't taken seriously originally. Street credibility in hip hop. He had to build it first before he could even put his demos out and you listen seriously. I'm I'm a, I'm 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 tell you how important it still is. Ask Nipsey Hussle. Ask Stats Bundles. Ask Jam Master J. Ask Big L. Ask is is you know it's so many of them. The list that we went through last time, the ones that died of gun violence, they nine times out of ten died in their environments. But that's the the sad part is they didn't know like well early on when every when street credibility was everything that was one thing. The sad thing is that for like Nipsey Hustle, he's in an era where he didn't even need like he don't need no more street credibility. But that's how important it is. It's not but it's not anymore. Now it's just right now it's just the the idea of street credibility still lingers from an era that's over. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example. Lil Yachty. Yeah. Dram. Okay. People will accept you for who you are nowadays. Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean ain't from here. Hmm? He ain't from here. You just no, no, I'm just, I'm just naming dudes. That's different. That's different. Mm. Like people don't care. Like they don't they didn't have to do nothing street and prove themselves to these people. But that's the difference. Before they that's the made their music. People just accept it now. They you can come the out talent, and be who you are. The talent tells it all. If you are not that talented, but all these expectations are put upon you. Well, that's where that's where 69 needs all the street cred to get by. 
But for like for somebody, but but like I said, Lil Yachty's not any more talented than Six Nine. I'm not saying either one of them is. You know what I'm nah, saying? I, I mean, I'm Lil not Yachty. gonna say that either one of them is is. Man, Lil Yachty, that dude, man. Yeah, he did. I didn't know he writing and everything like Lil Yachty, that dude. Word. Man. So that yeah. that just disrespect Lil Yachty. Yeah, she did. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. She did. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna explore more little Yachty. Well, let, well, let's use somebody else as an yeah. example. But I, <laughs> I when I but when saying. I originally brought out Lil Yachty, I wanted to say that he's somebody that that is just being himself, man. Think so. And and I think there's there's space for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, I don't think that your street credibility is is so important as it used to be. Because but the hold fans, on. hold on, hold on. Because um, let's not forget who the little Yachty is signed to when we talk about street credibility. Because yeah. what allows him to be himself is yeah. that same it's source control, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, let's not negate that now, you know. So, and shout them guys out, man, because they do it in South Coast Music Group and all these guys, man. Yeah, 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 they got a good movement going. Yeah. But um, but he's not the only person, man. Like um, when I think about Juice World and and just uh, even the, I know I keep thinking of dead people, XXX, Tassion, Street. I mean, you know, but he 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 wasn't so street that I mean, he was he was he was a got him he was off the wall, dude. He wasn't like you know. You know, like he had this kind of thing going on with his music that wasn't about street credibility. Because if you listen to all his music, you could tell he wasn't, he didn't care what the streets thought. And that was pretty clear if you listen to his whole catalog of stuff he finished before he passed. He was just on his being his artistic self. Because he had hit hit rock bottom during that time. It's it's crazy if you, um, like, you, you should look at his story. But uh, he, he had some trials and tribulations right. before we knew him as that. You know, I ain't saying he wasn't a street dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. I'm saying his that music. his music didn't beg yeah. for street credibility. Right. And neither did his style, right. like his image. You could tell he wasn't a dude that was just begging for the streets to to love this. He was just making the music, and you love it or you don't. Hmm. And you could just tell that's what it was. The Uzi Vert. I mean, he got a bunch of street music, but he's another dude that you could tell that he don't care. He's just doing him, man. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Right. And and I think that he, you know, he going to be whatever. It's just going to be what it is. Drake. Drake. Perfect example. Yeah. You know Jake what I'm saying? Cole. Yeah, these dudes ain't got to do no, they ain't got to, ain't got to sell no drugs and be gang affiliated, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's not as important as people as people make it out to be. But it still means something on some level, depending on what you choose to make your music about. Like if you want to talk about the streets, then you need street credibility, definitely. Then it's 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 you got to have it if you plan on talking about street stuff. Yeah. But if you want to make your music and be out here and you want to take another avenue, then it don't matter how street you are. But if that's what you want to build your brand on, then you might want to have some authenticity with it because you're gonna get tested along, you know, on the road. But I think on on, I, like I hear what you're saying, but I think on on some levels, um, it's almost because uh, an artist of color 
at some point they need the street credibility. They need it, whether they start out not needing it, but at some point they need it as time goes on. And I feel like artists like Drake, like Drake don't, uh, I don't think he's doing interviews in the U.S., Right now, because he mad at U.S. media. (laughs) Really? Yeah, but but I think uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff that the only thing I could do is uh, assume this is how Drake feels because just based off the limited interviews that I see that he do, (laughs) I just feel like because he know he been he needs that street credibility. That's why he'll go do a song like Block uh, with Block Boy and them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, them young game bangers and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like and, and Drake will find that that um hidden gem somewhere and go do a song with him, you know. Now, now I will say that every now and then he does he'll make a move that begs of yes. oh, give me the street like yes. that video where he went to Memphis. <laughs> yeah, you know stuff like that. But he's like, this yeah. this look kind of weird. But the the weird thing about it though is he probably spent so much time there. That is where his dad's from. You know, he was in. Ain't no telling Drake. No, probably, you know, he probably Drake, spent enough time. Drake go and make songs with them dudes, man. His dad was in the video. <laughs> you know, he go and make videos with them guys, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You I mean, know? you know, he's smart. <laughs> hey, man, smart businessman. But yeah, but yeah, he didn't need like you know Drake was gonna be Drake, you know. But I, I, yeah, I think it's more personal than anything. Yeah, and you know because it, you know, I I forgot which artist it was, but I re- remember artists was talking about when they looked out and saw that eighty five to ninety percent of the people that was out there was of a different race. They weren't black, and they you know like. That's when it became real to them. Like, what kind of music am I making? I gotta get back to my folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, come on, you know, at, at some point, you know. But even yeah, even with the street credibility, sometimes the more gangster it get, the more that kind of artist you bring. The more hardcore uh-huh. you go. They be out there for that too. Jay Z bought Michael Jackson out at Summer Jam. <laughs> Why did Michael Jackson go to Summer Jam? He needed some street credibility. I mean, like, like for real. At that, at that point, though, for Michael Jackson, that was a move yes. to get some street credibility Absolutely. back in his life because he went from, like, you know, he went from <laughs> girls fall out and cry when they want to be with Mike right. to now he's a creepy dude. He sleeps with kids and ugh, he's a joke. You know what I'm saying? So that move right there. Brought Mike back to the community for a little while, made everybody forget about all them kids. Well, I'm not, I ain't gonna, but yeah, the accusations. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> accusations, you know. Whatever. Yeah. So even if you sleeping with kids in your bed, <laughs> then then you done provided enough smoke to where I ain't trying right. to hear that. If all these kids saying this what happened, then, you know, but if we going way off... <laughs> We get we know we'll we'll have yeah. a whole nother <laughs> show about Michael no. Jackson, oh. R. Kelly, and Chris Brown and all the dudes that beat women and had oh, sex God. with kids. Because <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that that's the kind of street credibility you don't need. You know, it's one thing to get in a fight. Right. And you get a little bit of credibility. 
Whoa, mm-hmm. he's tough. Right. He don't take no mess. Mm-hmm. He talk it and he box it. Mm-hmm. You beat up a girl. Mm-hmm. Not the same look. Yeah, yeah, but the, the time was different. The time was different. When? When he beat up Rihanna. We were more woke when he did that to Rihanna because- I don't know. That's another instance. I think we were already at a point where stuff didn't matter anymore because it, it happened and it was like it never happened. Oh, it, shit. To him, it happened. I mean, yeah. Because I, I think that- I it, thought he would never recover. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear it. Yeah. And here he is. I play his songs and nobody thought twice about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It took some time though, man. It took time. It took time before you probably started back playing his music. I think at the time we I'm trying to think was look at me now out. Look mm-hmm. at me now. Look at me now. Mm. That I mean, uh, he didn't have that much music that was that important at that time that for me at the club to notice if I wasn't playing it or not. Today, since then, his catalog has grown. So, like, there there are joints that, you know, I'm not leaving here without playing. Right. Like Chris Brown and Drugs. Man. That's say nobody ever cared about artists and drugs. No, that's you know what I'm saying? Now that's that I don't know if that gives you any street credibility. You know, that just makes you a dude who No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a credibility issue. Like, you right. know, doing drugs doesn't, you know, if anything, it's you know, it just lets your fans know that by the time they find out that you're doing drugs, you uh, they need to go on and get your music before it for the end falls off. Right. You know? Well, we had an hour, man. Well, I guess we'll close out right there, man. And maybe next week we can we can talk about your Michael Jackson. And all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's what 2020 is missing, man. <laughs> R. Kelly out. Well, at least a hit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're signing out, man. Capital City. I'm Capital J. No DL Glass. Make sure you check out all the episodes on OverHereTV.com. OverHereTV.com. We out.